In the narrative of the life of Frederick Douglass, Douglass describes in detail how one slave owner, a man named Hopkins, took every opportunity to abuse a slave. Hopkins had some specific reasons for wanting to beat enslaved Africans. According to Douglass, quote, Mr. Hopkins could always find some excuse for whipping a slave. A mere look, word, or motion, a mistake, or accident are all things for which a slave could be whipped. Does he, meaning the slave, ever dare find excuses when told he did something wrong? Then he is guilty of impudence, one of the greatest crimes of which a slave can be guilty. End quote. It didn't matter what the slave did or didn't do. The reasons for abuse and the abuse itself constituted the expression of dominance. This is Dr. Catherine Bancoli Medina with The Invention of Racism. The goal of this podcast series is to share the subtle and not so subtle nuances of racism from the past into the 21st century. Understanding and speaking the truth about racism is the first step toward combating and ultimately eliminating it. In this episode, we will talk about the first concept in the seven pillars of the racist construct, dominance. Remember, there are seven components which help to explain how racism operates in the world and serves as our methodology. These seven pillars include dominance, management, containment, intellectuality, humanity, reality, and erasure. Dominance, our subject for this episode, is important because it is the foundation of racist philosophy, the basis for racist power. Dominance encapsulates all of the other pillars in the methodology of racism. Dominance is brute force actualized and, as a concept, is a complete facet of oppression. In world history, slavery is the definitive form of human, human dominance. In the United States, ideas of racial dominance allowed whites to wield power over blacks by enslaving them for generations. So let's consider some general aspects of this slavery. Spanning more than two and a half centuries, elite white citizens through local and state governments established and maintained a slave system that oppressed people of African descent. When black people freed themselves by running away, engaging in slave rebellions, or were successful with pathways to freedom rooted in the law, these laws were ignored, augmented, abolished, or amended. Dominance was codified in the slave and black codes, which were designed to restrict the movement and eliminate the rights of the black population. So how did white society maintain dominance over black people for generations? 
First, through the socioeconomic opportunities afforded to white males. The slave system created socioeconomic aspirations and prospects for European men of varying backgrounds. This ultimately provided one of the many rationales for enslaving black people. In the American colonies, freedmen held an important status. Freemen were adult white males who were citizens of the colony. Some freemen owned stock in the joint stock company that financed the colony. They were spoken for and approved by other freemen. They had the right to vote and to hold office. They could elect leaders and they had the right to be tried by a jury. Some freemen owned land and had more rights and privileges than non-freemen. Colonial freemen were men with responsibilities to the colonies, so they had to pay taxes and were levied fines and fees attached to their participation in the colonies. White women, servants, and slaves, which very early on usually meant local Indians, were not eligible for the status of freemen. Once white men of means could see that colonization was going to be profitable, and then they implemented the head right system, it was easier to induce or command white settlers to participate in the enterprise. Slavery was maintained by emphasizing that freedom and citizenship were the natural privileges of white people, more specifically white males, and only available to blacks in the form of second-class status. Second, there was physical and mental cruelty, and this helped to maintain dominance. It is easier to talk about the system of slavery when you leave out brutality completely. This is often done in the educational landscape where nearly every aspect of slavery is discussed, but not how black humanity was systematically abused. The colonial slave landscape permitted and supported physical and mental abuse that served to maintain the system. No form of human bondage can operate without some practice of physical and mental abuse. The more violent the exploitation, the more dehumanizing and effective it is. But this kind of physical and mental violence usually has an audience. This is why slaves were compelled to beat and abuse other slaves under the presumptive threat of punishment or death, and why white overseers gathered slaves to witness a beating, and why verbal admonitions were repetitive. Shackles, stocks, chains, ropes, fists, batons, jails, guns, whips, the lash, the paddle, the prod. These were the tools of brutality and punishment, and they were seemingly endless. Harriet Tubman, Solomon Northup, Frederick Douglass, and the authors of countless slave narratives 
document the physical and mental abuse, the impact of which lasted a lifetime. Slavery was sustained by literally breaking down the mind and the body. Third, slavery was maintained through replication. The social and economic systems seeking success have to cost-effectively replicate. This is why when it became clear in the 1600s that white male sexual assault of slave women would produce mixed-race children, some of them phenotypically white-looking, laws were adjusted to make sure that slavery followed the condition of the mother. This allowed patriarchal sexual assault and ensured that the babies of black women would be slaves when they were born. Slaves represented monetary income, profit, money. Slaves working on a plantation created wealth through their labor and represented wealth through their very existence. This is one of the reasons why slavery was meant to be in perpetuity, meaning that black people in the United States were intended to be enslaved forever. As the ultimate form of human domination, the late scholar Anna Montero Fiera, in her book, The Demise of the Inhuman, has said that American slavery was essentially the pinnacle of the, of the economic system. Slavery was maintained by reproducing the condition of bondage and after emancipation, it was duplicated as black codes and as Jim Crow racism. African people challenged dominance in many ways. Those in bondage resisted, were resilient, and survived. As a response, more sophisticated forms of punishment and intimidation were implemented. We understand within the context of slavery that dominance is the ultimate form of wielding power over human beings. However, history tells us that this form of power had its weaknesses. But as one former slave summed up in these words, here's, here's the idea. Freedom is worth it all. Thank you for listening to this podcast. Support for independent podcasts like The Invention of Racism is critical at this moment. In the national and global effort to dismantle racism and to establish human equality, we need as many thoughtful and courageous voices as possible. If you believe in and appreciate this anti-racism podcast, continue to download and support us. I also encourage you to use your media platform to honestly analyze, examine, and put an end to racism. And of course, if you are listening to this podcast, then you already know, discourse on racism is not for the faint of heart. I hope you will join me as I present key topics 
in the invention of racism.